Hey, everybody. Welcome to the 10 to 12 podcast, the official podcast of Teamsters Local 1150. I'm Stephen French. I'm Vinny Kaitze. And I'm Jason Shoemaker. So workers at an Amazon fulfillment center on Staten Island, New York, just voted to unionize. We actually mentioned this briefly in the last episode of the 10 to 12 podcast. Um, The question is, could this be the beginning of a wave similar to what's happening at Starbucks? That's what we're going to talk about today. So strap in and get ready. We're going to do an update on the effort to organize Amazon. But first, let's do a benefits bite. So one of the most common questions we're receiving today is about the prospect of a retirement package with the new contract. And we don't have an update on that today, um, but I thought it would be helpful to go into letter six, which talks about the monthly pension uh, for anybody that's considering retirement. You're obviously starting to look at this and ask these questions. Uh, This letter only applies to employees hired prior to July 1st, 2017. So I realize this isn't relevant to everybody. Uh, But bear with us because it's important for everybody that's trying to get out the door. So letter six defines how much you'll receive for your monthly pension in retirement. And importantly, what would happen to that pension in the event of your death, uh, which can vary based on your service time with the company. So letter six states that final average earnings will be based on the five highest years paid out of the last 10 years of service. On page 105, there's actually a chart that shows the different ranges for final average earnings and the corresponding monthly pension per uh, year of credited service. I'm not going to go through each of them, uh, but for anybody making over $58,000 per year in the final average earnings, the monthly pension credit would currently be $88 per month for each year of service. That definitely is going to change as the contract goes on. Um, it changed over our current contract, and it's something that you should definitely keep an eye on You know, moving forward with the new contract as well. In the event of your death, the pre-retirement spouse's death benefit for anybody that's an employee with 10 years or more of credited service is as follows. The spouse of such deceased employee will be eligible to receive a 100% joint and survivor benefit as of the date the deceased employee would have attained age 55. So you can't start claiming that until the deceased person would have hit that age. Uh, The pre-retirement spouse's death benefit for vested employees with less than 10 years of credited service will continue to be 50% of the joint survivor benefit as stated in the pension plan. Any retirees who are rehired will be allowed to become active plan participants and accrue additional benefits if and only if they agree to surrender any insurance certificates or agree that payments from the plan will stop on reemployment. Excellent. That, that's good information for, for, again, like you said, those folks who are looking to get out the door, which um, I think that's a pretty big group of folks, so really good information to talk about right now. Yeah, and in later episodes, we'll definitely go into some of the benefits for the other tiered employees, so you get an extra 4% on your retirement. There's other ways that they're helped out that the people hired to July of uh, 2017 aren't, so we'll go into that in a later episode. Excellent. So what do we have um, out of our contract? So over the next few episodes, we're going to dive further into the wages and hours section of our contract, which is Article 7. We've already discussed COLA and overtime language in prior episodes, so you can replay that any time that you want to and revisit that information. Um, Article 7 also, for anybody that's looking for it, lists out the holidays that we've contracted that we get double time if we work or you know paid days off. You can find that on page 27. Uh, and, and it's actually a chart for each year of the contract. We're in the final uh, final year, so to speak. Ends in 23, um, February of 23. Yep. 
So this section also defines shift premiums for second and third shift, but today we're going to focus on reporting pay, which is uh, section 1.5. Section 1.5 says that any employee reporting for work who has been working on the previous day and has not been notified that there will be no work shall receive four hours pay at the rate of pay applicable for such hours. The posting of such notice on the bulletin board two hours before the completion of the shift of the affected employee shall be sufficient and proper notice. This provision shall not apply in any case of uh, stoppage of work, strike, sympathy, strike, slowdown, or any case uh, or condition beyond the control of the company. So basically, if you're scheduled for work, you report for work, and then you get there and find out there is no work, you should be given at least four hours of pay, and that's called reporting pay. And in later episodes, we'll go into some other scenarios about emergency pay, callback pay, and those things as well. Excellent. Good stuff. Thanks, Jason. Um, so let's talk about what we came here to talk about, which is an update on organizing Amazon. Big stuff happening. So on April 1st, workers at JFK 8, which is the only Amazon fulfillment center in New York City, it services all of that big city. Uh, these folks voted to unionize. Amazing, right? Very amazing. Um, this marks the first time in Amazon's history, 28 years, that company's been around. Um, it's the first time that one of their facilities has been organized. Um, and, and we're hoping, obviously, that this is the beginning of something much bigger. Um, again, similar to what's going on at Starbucks, we're looking for a wave to happen and sweep across the country and, and, and unionize a whole bunch of Amazon warehouses. Yes, we are. So... The workers at JFK 8 on Staten Island voted 2,654 to 2,131 in favor of joining um, this this fledgling union, the Amazon Labor Union. Um, they'll now represent nearly 8,300 workers at that warehouse. This is a big place. Um, so I think it's appropriate to first talk about the union itself because, again, this is not— a big union that came in and organized this workforce. It was really kind of done from the inside. So um, who is the Amazon labor union? Chris Smalls is a guy who got fired from his job at JFK 8 back in 2020 for organizing a walkout over uh, safety conditions related to the COVID-19 pandemic. He was fired on the day of the walkout. Yeah, so he organized this walkout. The, these folks were, you know, they were not being treated right yeah. during COVID. Um, lots of safety concerns, you know, concerns uh, among the employees about um, gathering in, in yeah. close proximity to one another during break times and things like that. And I believe COVID ran through their facilities it like did. crazy. It and I did. think it was a matter of how honest they were being with the employees about yeah. what was currently going on. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so from what I understand, the New York attorney general sued Amazon over Chris Small's firing. Um, but he kind of took a different route, didn't he? He formed the Amazon labor union along with, Derek Palmer, who still works at JFK 8 today. Yeah. Um, so these guys are friends, right? Yeah. And, they, and, and so now they're they're together in this effort. Um, you know, it's, it's a pretty cool story, I think. Um, you know, they didn't have any money, no union experience. Yep. Um, they actually started with a GoFundMe page. They organized Amazon workers funded by GoFundMe. Um, 
that in and of itself is pretty cool. They, I, I read about them having a bunch of cookouts, right? They would just open up their backyard and have a bunch of cookouts nice. and, and, and barbecue some meat and invite Amazon workers over to the house and, and talk about their working conditions and, you know, kind of, kind of have a bitch session sounds about like, what's going on inside. Sounds like a real good organizing tool. Yeah, I believe they were actually on the sidewalk right outside the facility too. They had tents set up. Yep, and they did. They were out there, rain or shine, you know, snow all winter long, yep. every day. So you know, they're talking about their their coworkers. I mean, Smalls is fired by this time, but but Derek is still working there. Um, they're talking to coworkers about you know, how do you fight for your rights in a place like that. Um, and, and Amazon, you know, they kind of didn't care, um, when the union won the right to hold a vote in that place. So they got the, what is it? 30% they need 30% of, of the, the, uh, workforce has to sign a card saying that they're in favor of a union. Um, so now you can petition the NLRB for a vote. So they win this right to vote and Amazon hires a bunch of lawyers and the lawyers convince Amazon to make Chris Smalls like the the face of this la- this this union yeah. movement right because the lawyers actually referred to him as um a, a uneducated and unarticulate something right? to that extent something like yeah. that right they 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 basically threw some insults at him and said this guy's a dummy um and we're going to make him the face of this movement and that was a big mistake because the people in there the the people who worked at amazon like him yeah right they were some of them were friends with him they liked him they liked the things that he was saying and to make him the face of that movement really it backfired on amazon so again, the workers liked those guys. They got behind the movement in a big way. Um, and and now, fast forward, right? They win. They win unionization. They yeah. get the vote right in a big way by a, a margin of over five hundred votes. So that that's that's a big win. Yeah, I think so. Right? You know, you look you look at on the same day they redid the vote down in Bessemer, yeah. Alabama, and it looks like they're going to lose that one. Yeah. Um, right now they're down, what, 118, something like that? Yeah, and they're alleging a lot of similar improprieties to the last election. So they're they're going to pursue some claims with the NLRB to try Good. and— Good. Yep. Good. And, and, but there are 400 and some odd contested ballots as well. So if those ballots go the union's way, then they'll win that down there. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm not expecting big things down there. It's unfortunate. Um, they'll likely lose that that vote down there at the end of the day there's definitely been a lot more interest at least that's what um chris has been saying that there's been a lot of interest from other sites across the country to to unionize and staten island they're actually gearing up for another election under amazon labor union they have a second location that already certified enough interest to hold an election awesome so and and you just alluded to this um chris smalls has said very recently that He's been contacted by more than 50 groups um, at Amazon locations who are interested in, in organizing, right, interested in getting a union into their facility. And, and we're not just talking about small places. We're not just talking about lo- a localized thing. He's been contacted by groups of Amazon workers um, all over the United States. He's been contacted by folks in Canada, the United Kingdom, India, South Africa, Wow. 
right? So um, there's some interest worldwide um, to organize Amazon. So again, maybe this is the you know maybe this is the earthquake that starts the tidal wave. I hope so. But listen, let's face it. This is not easy work. As hard as this was, Chris Smalls and his group just did the easy thing. Yeah. Right? They got the vote. Yeah. And and as hard as that is, it's the easy part. Right. Um, going up against a behemoth in negotiations yeah. is going to be really hard. And this is something that, you know, he's going to need help with. They're They're going to need to bring people in that know how to do that you know, that know how to bargain with a company like Amazon um, because I'm not convinced that that they can do it on their own. Yeah, so for anybody that doesn't know, after you organize and have a yes vote, you've got one year to to agree on a new contract. Um, They're at that critical stage right now, and that's where the bulk of the work comes because these companies will try and run out the clock on you. Exactly. They're going to they're going to go to court. They're going to try to delay things. They're they're going to push back real hard. Um, so, so he needs, he needs some people who have some expertise. Yes, he does. And I think tactically, the one thing that works in their favor is if they're able to kind of ride or, or build this tidal wave of support across the country, it's a lot harder for a company like, uh, Starbucks or Amazon to think about shutting down or delaying, you know, everybody. If they have one unit, then it's not as big of a deal. But if they've got, you know, units popping up all over the place, spreading like they would probably view a cancer, but us, you know, a positive thing. Yep. Um, they're going to have a lot more trouble trying to just stall out. Yeah. Um, and and listen, it's, I, I think location-wise, it couldn't have been better to start at that facility that serves the, you know, the biggest city in America. Yeah. I, I think it's, you know, Amazon's going to have difficulty doing anything that might shut that facility down yeah, and yeah it's not a market like you're saying that you can really afford to vacate it's exactly. not something it's you not. can say oh we'll just pick up and go somewhere else if you're not competing in new york city you know then you're not competing i mean right. it's fitting that it happened in the state of new york as well as well as the city because new york has the densest uh workforce of unionized workers yeah it's, well, it's a union town they were also where they pushed back on having other amazon facilities right wasn't that in aoc's district yeah. 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 So it is kind of funny though that now they're, you know, they're coming back for a wave of unionization. Yeah. Well, AOC's loving that. That's yeah. for sure. So, listen, I know that we've talked about Amazon a lot on this podcast. Um, but I think it's a good idea to look at the company and and kind of review who we're talking about, right? Who did these who did these uh these folks take on and win so far? Who did they beat? Um, Amazon, as of last year, is the world's largest online retailer and marketplace. It's the world's largest smart speaker provider. It's the world's largest cloud computing service provider, the world's largest live streaming service provider, and internet company. Last year, they surpassed Walmart as the world's largest retailer outside of China. And they're the second largest private employer in the United States, I think second to Walmart. And they, they're, they're growing so quickly that their only concern is having enough people to employ. Yeah, yeah pretty they're, much. They're worried more about the churn and, you know, turning out more employees. They don't think there's enough people here that can work for them. Yeah, they used to take pride in, in their turnover. 
saying, hey, if you can't cut it at Amazon, then we can find other people to work here. Um, you know, they kind of they kind of wore it like a badge of honor. Yeah. Um, but now they're worried about it because the turnover is is going to hurt them. They've grown um, rapidly in the last 10 years. So um, they have right around a million employees in the United States. That's phenomenal. Wow. Um, and 1.6 million worldwide. And that doesn't even count the contracted union busters that they hire. In. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because they're contractors. They're not employees. Right. Um, they did, you ready? They did $470 billion in revenue last year. That's insane. A half a trillion dollars. I wonder, I wonder how many packages they did. Cause the other business that we haven't delved into at all, but affects the Teamsters the most probably is logistics. And that's where they're flying into at rapid pace. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if anybody looks at Amazon as strictly an online retail company, you're not paying attention because they're a logistics company. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, for sure. Anybody at Sikorsky probably doesn't realize, but about a quarter of the Teamsters are UPS members. So as Amazon looks to take over you know, shipping and controlling all of their packages and take some of that work out of other shippers, it's going to have a huge impact on not only you know workers in those industries, but us. Yeah. Yep. Vinny, you're an Amazon Prime member, right? No. <laughs> Nope. No? No. Oh. I mean, I was. Okay. And, you know. No longer. Until I figured, well, figured it out a long time ago, but, you know, I vote with my dollars. So <laughs> so, so this is something that I, I thought it was fitting or appropriate to mention during this podcast. Amazon's Prime service alone has over 200 million subscribers worldwide, and it accounts for $30 billion a year in revenue. So just Amazon Prime, forget about everything else that they do. Just the people who are paying that, I think is $137 a year for the Amazon Prime service. That accounts for $30 billion in in revenues for that company. That's twice what Sikorsky Aircraft does in a year. So um, the, the size of this company and the power that this company has, if you believe that money is power, um, is just phenomenal. In 10 years, the last 10 years, Amazon has grown their workforce by more than 18 times and has increased their revenue by 770%. I wonder how much wages rose over that 10-year period. Not much. <laughs> Not much. Nope. Right? They- and, and listen, it's the one thing that Amazon always throws out there is their wages, right? Oh, $15. They're, yeah, they're paid well. And, and, and in a lot of places, like in Staten Island, I, I want to say the starting wage at that JFK 8 is 17 or 18 it's higher yeah Yeah. so uh, i mean you know if you're a kid out of high school and you can go and make 18 bucks an hour working in a warehouse that's a good start i think what they do too is they cherry pick their statistics so of course they do you know they focus on that 18 dollars. but when you look at a total benefit package so you're all of your benefits encompassed in one they assign a dollar amount to that as a company, and it's always a lot lower at Amazon than it is at a represented place like you know UPS. I think yep. we should also mention that Amazon owns things like Whole Foods, so they're also in the supermarket industry. Yes. And I, I don't think it's Amazon owns it, but Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. <laughs> Excellent. We love you, Jeff. <laughs> so... I thought this was an amazing fact right here, and I just, uh, you know, I when I was looking up Amazon, I just started to write down all these facts because some of them are just kind of mind-boggling. 
So just in 2020, when we talk about growth, the growth of that company, just in 2020, Amazon grew their employment by 350,000. Crazy. They hired 350,000 new workers in 2020. That's the population of St. Louis, Missouri. Damn. Right? So they hired St. Louis, Missouri in 2020. Uh, For me, that's crazy. Um, So they have a new CEO. Bezos is no longer the CEO. He's the founder. Um, You know, I was all excited to look up his his, um, annual compensation package and throw that in everybody's face, right? That this is how much Jeff Bezos makes, and he hardly makes anything, actually. I guess what he's already made is enough. It should Um, be. The residuals you make on that massive sum, it's more than anybody could dream of making. Exactly. There was some statistics out on... uh, his ex-wife, how much money she actually gained during the pandemic. It was ridiculous. Ridiculous. So, um, but he, he has a replacement, right? Guy by the name of Andy Jassy. Um, and Andy Jassy's a rookie, right? He's a first-year CEO just coming in. And what did he make in his first year as CEO? $212 million. That's good rookie pay right there. That's pretty good rookie pay, right? Now there's a starting wage. Yeah. Right? You want to brag about 18 bucks an hour, Amazon? Yeah. You're bragging about the wrong thing. Why don't you brag about Andy Jassy making $212 million in his first oh. year? Um, so this is a company with a ton of resources, right? And they'll, they, they're going to fight this organizing thing every inch of the way. They know that getting the union vote, yes, it's really significant, um, but it's only the first step, and they're aware of that, and then they're going to continue to pour money into fighting against this and pushing back and hope that they they make enough waves and they delay this thing long enough for those workers to turn around and say, we've changed our mind, because that's happened yeah. before. Um, so I think that's where the Teamsters come in, because you know if you listen to Sean O'Brien— he, he talks about Amazon like they're, you know, they're in the sights of the Teamsters Union. Um, and I don't think this is going to make Sean back off. I think this is just going to, you know, it's going to make Sean step up his game. The Teamsters are going to step up their I game. Um, and they're going to build off of this. I don't think the Teamsters are going to back off and say, oh, okay, this is, you know, the Amazon Labor Union's thing and we're just going to let them go no i don't yeah think so. Vinny posted a picture sean just had chris smalls out to the teamsters headquarters and you know i don't know what their meeting was about but you would imagine there is a ton of knowledge that and information that the teamsters can share yep. with them that's going to help them at that critical stage that they're at and i think it's a good point in labor history for unions to kind of you know put aside any differences by being a different organization and help each other build solidarity and fight that, you know, corporate narrative that, you know, we're all just in it to pull dues money out. That's not necessarily, yeah. you know, the prime focus. Yeah, that's not what Sean's all about. No. And and he's going to, I'm sure that, like you said, he's offered um, our expertise and our services to that union um, in, in whatever way we can help, um, including, I hope, including sitting at the bargaining table with them if they need that. Yeah. Yep. So, um Sean, just a, a, a quote, he said, I commend anyone who takes on a schoolyard bully like Amazon. He had a lot to say a- after that vote. Um, I think Sean was pretty excited about it. Um, but he still, he went on to say, um, he did an interview with The Guardian, I think it was. And 
you know, he congratulated these guys, but but went on to say that he still believes that the Teamsters are best equipped to organize Amazon on a national level. And and, and I believe he's right. Um, he said that the Teamsters are the only union with a proven track record in trucking and warehousing. Um, in those two industries, the Teamsters control those industries in terms of unionism. Yeah. And, and you know, so it makes perfect sense for the Teamsters to lead the charge into Amazon, even though, you know, we didn't take the first shot, but we might finish this fight. He he also said that, uh, you know, we have an obligation to our current members. He talked a lot about our current members because, you know, to organize Amazon um, is to stop this undercutting that Amazon does, right? Yeah. They undercut companies like UPS, like DHL, Teamster organized companies. Yeah. Um, so that threatens Teamster's livelihood. Um, it, it, it threatens those companies and thus threatens the workers that work for those companies. Um, and as he put it, 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 it diminishes the standards that have been established by collective bargaining agreements. Because we all know that the, uh, the Amazon drivers aren't treated that great. And they're, oh, no. a lot of times they're treated just as independent contractors and uh, yeah they and yeah they are treated as independent contractors right and the and the ones even if they are independent contractors um you know they're they're under surveillance constantly you know the the company is watching their vehicles they're watching everything literally watching you know how long it takes them to do their job um you know what routes they're taking when they drive and deliver their packages how long of a bathroom break they take yeah yeah and how much training they've had so i've I've heard some ups guys joke about how they've got these brand new trucks and they're all getting dinged up (laughs) because they haven't been taught how to properly drive them you'll you'll notice a lot of the vans you see they're vans they don't require a cdl that was right a calculated move on their part and for anybody that's had a bad delivery experience with amazon the reason why is they don't hold people accountable. So somebody gets terminated from one contractor as a delivery person today, they get picked up and hired by another one tomorrow. Yep. So if that right. doesn't show you the collusion and you know the misclassification that's going on, whether they're employees or contractors, yep. it's rampant. Yep. So so we have to find a way to organize these folks, right? To to get into every Amazon warehouse, to talk to every Amazon driver. Um, about what it means to be in a union. And and again, I talk about what Sean said. He he said that we're the ones who are best equipped to do that because we can do a grassroots campaign, right? It doesn't have to be from within an Amazon warehouse or, or, you know, an Amazon trucking depot. It can be done by DHL drivers, UPS drivers, right? A driver can talk to another driver and say, Hey, look, I'm a driver. I do the same job you do, and here's what it's like working for a unionized company. And I and I think Sean's election alone proves that we could do a grassroots, grassroots. Oh yeah. So so I think that's the plan, right? Is to use those um, UPS and DHL drivers and warehouse workers to to go out and become, even if it's temporary, become temporary organizers and and talk to Amazon workers about what it's like working for a unionized company. Um, you know, he also talks about what I think is is probably the Teamsters' um, biggest attribute 
on a national scale, which is our political power. Yeah. It's, it's a really politically powerful union, politically active union. Um, and, and Sean talks about harnessing, um, the Teamsters Union's political power to make sure that elected officials are are supporting workers and unions. Um, in fact, he had a great quote in that article that he did with the the Guardian. Um, he said, "I can't remember people's birthdays, but I can remember the last person that screwed me." That's how we're going to deal with those politicians who vote against us. We'll run people against you, and we'll campaign against you. Oh, that sounds pretty good, right? So. Um, we're going to apply pressure to companies like Amazon, but we're also going to apply pressure to politicians who are friendly to companies like Amazon when it comes to how they treat workers or how they how they allow um, companies to trample on union organizing efforts. Yeah, and just the conditions in those states. I mean, we talked about uh, Oshkosh recently from Wisconsin, and they got the yep. the big um, contract to build all the uh, the delivery vehicles for USPS. And then they immediately said they were going to move all the work to a non-union plant down in South Carolina. Incredible. But Not right. Do you remember what their politician said? I no. think we have enough good jobs here. <laughs> Ouch. So that that is that quote is perfect oh. for that kind of politician, yeah. regardless of what party you're from. Way to win votes. Yeah, yeah, if you can't if you can't run against that guy just on that line alone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't know how to run a campaign. So what are the issues in in this campaign? Because now we're at the point where um, the Amazon labor union has to negotiate a contract. So what are the issues that they're looking at to you know to resolve? Long long hours, short breaks, impossible production and performance quotas, intense work days, employee tracking and surveillance. That's a big one. Micromanagement, and the list just keeps going. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I think is a huge factor, um, and, and I was think I think was maybe the catalyst at JFK eight, is this automated system that does everything in that company from tracking employee performance to actually managing attendance um, and even HR issues, discipline. Um, Terminations. Th- yes. They, they actually they allow a computer to discipline and terminate people. Yeah. And there's been Fair a lot point. of cases where there has been an error and the person shouldn't have been terminated and nobody can figure out the recourse to get them back in. Yep. The- and the company doesn't care because they have a huge turnover anyway, so they just they write it off. Amazon Labor Union actually just put out a list of eight immediate changes that they're asking for. Let's hear um, yeah. So the first one was health and safety. When an associate gets injured while working, Amazon must immediately credit them with paid time off for the remainder of the day. We have that in our contract, date of injury pay. Yep. So that's something, you know, it's not unreasonable. Uh, Amazon often forces associates to use their own PTO or unpaid time when they get injured, or they'll refer them to work comp, and that's a bureaucratic and confusing process, it says, um, which if you're lucky enough to work in our union, we have a comp steward, Gary yep. Gilmet. So we have resources, and hopefully they'll get a lot of those similar resources. Uh, they talk about pay. They're asking for an immediate 7.5% inflation adjustment nice. for all associates tiers one through three. Okay. Uh, promotions, they'd like an expansion of tier two positions to include all critical roles. Uh, overtime pay, they're asking to reverse the cap on part-time and flex associates for overtime. So Amazon recently capped part-time and flex associates at 42 hours with no notice. And that's crazy when you think about 
they have a hiring problem. They openly talk right. about not having enough people to hire. Right. So you don't want to work people over 42 hours, but you're making billions of dollars. Yep. They want to bring back extended breaks. The working conditions we've heard in a few places, they have like a 20-minute work uh, walk to get across the plant. And it's not enough time to go on break, use the bathroom, eat, and get back to work. Transportation, they're looking for shuttle services from uh, the George Street or the St. George Ferry Terminal. Uh, so I guess people have a safe way to get to work. It's a dangerous area in terms of walking. Uh, they're looking for changes to unpaid time off. They want to use it in minutes instead of hours. Okay. And uh, they want the union busting to, to stop, which hopefully we've heard that there's <laughs> yeah. some some pressure coming out of the NLRB to end captive audience meetings Which now. would be awesome. Yeah, that would be great. So I that mean, would be uh, another big change. And they're asking for more uh, human rights-related policies. Excellent. I mean, that's a pretty good platform, right? I think so. Um, I'm, I'm especially interested in, in all the workers' comp stuff because I really think that um, – I don't think. I know that that's kind of where this campaign was born out of. Um, not just, you know, Chris Smalls got fired and, and, you know, he punched back, right. But he had to, he had to motivate thousands of people inside that warehouse. Um, and their motivation for joining a union is not going to be Chris Smalls got fired, right. They, they need other motivation. And he was able to capitalize on all the stuff that was happening during the pandemic, um, some of that workers' comp stuff, some of that, that PTO stuff that, that you were talking about, Jason. Um, I read stories uh, about um, about during COVID, people in the warehouse got COVID. They got really sick, um, were even hospitalized. And this automated system that I was talking about um, actually would determine that an employee's absence w had been long enough, right, You've been out for long enough. The system would generate emails and phone calls to that employee's house and tell them you're coming back to work on Monday. And and some of these people were in the hospital. Their spouses got the phone calls or got the emails that, hey, my husband is supposed to go back to work on Monday and he's in the hospital. Um, and, and, and if you didn't return, the system terminated your employment or terminated your benefits immediately. I'm going to butcher this, but what was the issue recently with, I think it was tornadoes or a natural disaster that was going on, and it was happening around one of their plants, and they refused to send people home. Yeah. And people, I think, were killed. Yeah, yes. That's exactly what happened. Yes. They wouldn't let people leave. People were calling their spouses saying, I'm, I'm not allowed to go home. There was actually a horrifying text message floating around yeah. from a guy to his family. I think he lost his life. Yeah. And it said, uh, Amazon won't let us leave. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, uh, but but that's life inside a, a, an Amazon warehouse. And they'll act like this guy Chris Smalls is crazy over you know unsafe working conditions. No, you know we pay fifteen dollars an hour. We're a great employer. Yeah. Well, you just had people in that tornado that probably wouldn't agree with you. Yep, absolutely right. Um, so we've you know we've talked about it before. Um, the the turnover rate. We we just mentioned it. Um, they've built this high turnover rate of employment. Um, the average tenure for an Amazon worker right now is less than a year. Um, and, and so they don't care if someone's wrongfully terminated by that system. They'll just hire somebody else, right? right? Uh, because they know people are looking for decent jobs. And, you know, again, they, they advertise that starting pay with benefits. And, you know, people flock to Amazon to get a job because they think it's a good job. It's interesting that that period is less than a year. 
and you have one year to get a contract when you uh, you know vote in a union. Yes. So it makes you wonder also what will the turnover rate be in New York this year? Will it be lower than the average? I wonder. Yeah, that's that's a good question because I mean I don't think Amazon's going to stop doing anything that they're currently doing until there's a contract that says they have to stop. Yeah. So, you know, they're going to they're going to go business as usual and they're going to treat people the same way they always have. And I assume that there's still going to be a turnover or on the contrary, they take the Starbucks approach, start trying to act like they're working with people. They allegedly did this down in Alabama during the drive where they started increasing uh people's benefits a little bit, listening to people's concerns. And the people in Alabama found out very quickly that once the election was over, that went out the window. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they started kind of working with them over the next year, but delaying this contract. And then, you know, in the event that it weren't successful, then start pulling back and back yeah. to their usual. Yeah. Kind of a C, you don't really need a union. Yep. And then, we're willing to work with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pretty, pretty disgusting. Um, and I don't think, I don't think we're going to see an end to it. So. I got to give one shout out though, to whoever at, uh, the New York, uh, election site had the projector because this is amazing. <laughs> if you great. find these pictures online, these guys leading up to the election were projecting words under the Amazon logo on the building itself. So it would show the Amazon logo on the building, and then below it would say ALU for the win or vote yes. And <laughs> whoever awesome. had that idea, you're a genius. Yeah. That was that is a awesome. great idea. That's that going to awesome. go down as one of the great you know, labor pictures of our time. <laughs> so, um, so I think at the end of the day, um, you know, this effort is about one thing. It's about dignity and respect for workers, right? I, I think if you boil any union effort down to a single statement. That's what it is. At the end of the day, it's all about having your voice heard, um, being respected, being treated with dignity. Um, so that's what this company won't change. And that's what is going to make the case for unions going forward to organize this company. Because now, now that this is national news, people are going to talk about it and people are going to talk about how Amazon workers are treated. Um, and, and I think, I think we are going to see a wave. I really do. I think that this is the one it took, um, for a bunch more to happen. This is the one that broke the seal. Yeah. So stay tuned. You know, we talk about sticking up for your coworker and, you know, have building solidarity within the labor movement. And I think one of the things that we can do that you're going to see Sean probably encourage our members to do is we all order packages from Amazon. And these drivers are coming up to your house. You have the opportunity to talk to them. Yep. You have the opportunity to say, hey, I'm a union member. If you get the chance, you ought to vote one in. It's going to make things better. Yep. And those people, whether you know whether you want this to be the case or not, they're coming to your house. They're going to see that you live in a decent place. You must make a decent wage. They're going to associate that with being in a union possibly. And, and having that kind of positive interaction where you don't have anything to gain but you're kind of spreading that knowledge and you know building support. That's going to help. Yeah, really great idea. Yeah. I think everybody should be doing that. Good idea. All right, so so that's it for that. Um, stay tuned. We'll keep you updated as more warehouses go union. We're obviously going to talk about it here. As more coffee shops go union, we're going to talk about it here. So um, this is the place for all stuff um, union organizing, right? Um, but, um, what do we got now? What do we got for upcoming events? 
So we've got the TVC tournament coming up. We've talked about that on the past few episodes. Uh, Friday, May 20th at Orono Country Club starts at 1130. Um, it's $150 per golfer, which includes breakfast and dinner uh, or lunch and dinner, however you want to. And that's also a, a, a donation to the TVC that goes to veterans charities. So keep in mind that you're getting a fun day with a couple of meals and, and, um, and also uh, donating to a great cause definitely get involved we've also got the membership meeting coming up on april 20th at one o'clock and four o'clock the food truck gets here usually an hour before the meeting starts try not to be too late because they do wind down after our meeting does get going Um, but they'll be here starting at 12 and 3 and it'll be free food from the micro truck for all our members awesome i can't wait i'm hungry already so (laughs) (laughs) and contract surveys right keep on filling out those contract surveys um right through our app, right on our website. If you need a paper copy of a contract survey, talk to your steward. We'll get you a paper copy of it. But, you know, don't delay. Um, it's not too late. We're gonna, these, these surveys are going to be available for, for a few months more at least. So keep on filling out those surveys. When you have an idea, fill another one out. We want to hear from you and, and hear what you think should be in the next contract. All right. So, Vinny, what's going on in, in, the, um, in the world of – labor so starbucks workers united uh cleaned the company's clock again this past week two stores in rochester new york voted one 10 to 3 the other 13 to 11 in favor of unionizing and another store in buffalo where it where it all started voted 18 to 1 to unionize 18 to 1 nice who's the one guy (laughs) i know right Shame the on the one you. they hired last week. Yeah, that's the, yeah, yeah. The union buster, or it was the CEO sweeping the floor <laughs> to yes. the vote. Yeah. Right? The guy eating lunch alone now. Yeah. <laughs> there was a rally in Alabama for the workers of Warrior Met Coal. They've been on strike for over a year. We had members of the United Mine Workers from, of America had a rally in Brookwood, Alabama. They came from places like Illinois, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Kentucky, West Virginia to show solidarity for the workers at nice. Warrior Met Coal in Alabama. Nice. That's all I have for right now. All right. Not much, but big stuff, right? So, um, as always, we end every episode with a quote from, you know, hopefully a famous labor leader. Um I don't know. Vinny's Vinny's got a look on his face over there. Maybe it's not someone we know, but Vinny, what do we got? Who's who are we well, quoting I've been today? Wa- I've been waiting to do this one for, since we started doing quotes. So okay. it's Eugene Victor Debs. He was a he was a labor leader. I mean, he worked on the the railroad. He was a fireman on the railroad. He became a charter member of the Brotherhood of Locomotive Firemen. He was also elected to the Indiana Legislature in 1884. In uh, 19 19- 1893, he organized in Chicago the first industrial union in the United States, the American Railway Union, and the American Railway Union struck Great Northern Railway, not a wheel move for 18 days, and the railway gave in to the union's demands. In what year? 1894? 1894. Awesome. Um, In uh, 1918, he delivered uh, an anti-war speech uh, in Canton, Ohio, against World War One, where he was arrested and convicted in federal court in Cleveland, Ohio, under the Wartime Espionage Act, and he was given 10 years in prison. Did he serve it? 
he, he served most of it. So wow. this gets to the the other part. And Bad he, year for Eugene Debs, but <laughs> great year for the Boston Red Sox, nineteen eighteen. Just want oh, to say that's right. Okay, so it, he actually ran for president five times, and in nineteen twenty, for the fifth and last time, he was a prisoner in Al, in Atlanta, Georgia. He ran his campaign from prison, and he got nearly a million votes for the presidency. A million people voted for a guy in jail. Listen, I I know that you know he was essentially a political prisoner, right? But but he got a hundred percent of the prison votes. <laughs> I can't believe that a guy in prison got that many we votes make light for president, especially back then when there weren't that many people, right? Well, that's why I think almost a million votes is a big deal. It is a right. big deal. The electorate was that much shows the smaller. following. He I had. think it was like thirty-six million or something like that. Our wow. population then. I might so, be off. So we know all about Eugene. What did he say? What can labor do for itself? The answer is not difficult. Labor can organize. It could unify. It can consolidate forces. This done, it could demand and command. And I think that's goes well with this episode. For, for labor, we yeah. got another one. Labor is today the most vital and potential power this planet has ever known. Its h- historic mission of emancipating the workers of the world from the thraldom of the ages is all certain of ultimate realization as, as is the setting of the sun. Hmm. And the one that I like the most, it's not really labor, but I always like this quote. Your Honor, years ago I recognized my kinship with all living beings, and I made up my mind that I was not one bit better than the meanest on earth. I said then, and I say now, that while there is a lower class, I am in it. While there is a criminal element, I am of it. And while there is a soul in prison, prison, I am not free. Nice. Love Eugene Debs. If you want to go back into the archives of um, the local 1150 newsletter, probably a good 20 years ago, I wrote an article in a newsletter about Eugene Debs. Awesome. Big, big fan. Um, so thank you, Vinny, for, for doing that. That's a lot of research. Um, I think it's really important to end every episode with that to, for, for our members to hear people who, you know, created the movement that we're a part of. It's really important for us to remember our history because it's, it's not only an interesting history, but... Um, it's a powerful one. It's one that changed our country. So with that, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for downloading and following. If you're not following again, shame on you, go to Podbean and follow the 10 to 12 podcast. Um, we appreciate you, uh, being with us for this period of time. Um, remember to hit us up on our email. It's comms at teamsters1150.org. That's C-O-M-M-S at teamsters1150.org. Let us know what you love about this podcast. Let us know what you hate about the podcast. Let us know what you want to hear on the podcast. Um, we're all about doing what you want to hear. Um, and with that, um, again, appreciate it. I'm Stephen French. I'm Vinny Kaitsi. And I'm Jason Shoemaker. We'll see you next time.